been a couple of days. We've had a couple of nights to sleep on it. I'm not feeling a whole lot better, are you? Let's talk about it on Locked on Bama. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Just working on my complicated uh, formula for making score predictions. Not, not not, that it worked out too good formulas past yeah. weekend. But trying it again. It could use a little work. <laughs> hey, I, about, I said 42-21. I about nailed Texas. Just about. <laughs> I missed Alabama by only three touchdowns. Good work by you. Um Okay, we. I want to get to some of the comments we've had on the reaction video yesterday. I want to do that here very shortly. Also, want to thank everybody for making this your first listen. Y'all are the best. I uh, had a lot of new followers recently, and appreciate you. Um, listen to this, Jimmy. I just looked this up. Since LSU last year, these are the point totals we've had against Power Five teams and Cincinnati. Okay, I'm throwing. I'm taking New Mexico State out. I'm taking Utah State out. Um, since LSU last year, offensive points, we had 20 against LSU, 42 against Arkansas, 24 against Auburn, and that took four overtimes. 41 against Georgia, and one of those was a pick six. 27 against Cincinnati, 18 against Georgia, and 20 against Texas. Now, if you remember, we had a, what, long streak of scoring more than 30 points per game for a long time. And now the most points we've scored against a Power 5 team is 42 against an Arkansas squad that we played at home that we had to have those 42 points because they were keeping up with us. Uh, That arguably was our worst defensive performance uh, in this mix. So – are you concerned about this? And, and here's the other thing. Are, are you concerned about all any of the, any all of the position groups? Um, Bryce Young again. I'm amazed at the narrative. Um, I really thought Bryce Young was going to get hammered after this game. Really? In fact, I would say it has elevated his status in the eyes of many Heisman voters, et cetera. I mean, now he's not number one on the Heisman list anymore. I think C.J. Stroud is. Um, but I think a lot of people are so enamored with his ability to, to lead a team back. And frankly, he would have done it against Texas A&M, but the defense let us down. And he would have done it against Georgia, I, I really believe, if he had had his two receivers. I, I'm not going to do the what-if Colt McCoy game, though, so don't let's not do that. Um However, man, that, that it just seems like looking over all this, that's a lot to be concerned about. It somewhat is. I mean, I'm not concerned about Bryce. I mean, you know, he, he's he's only the best quarterback in the country and the best quarterback to ever play at Alabama, in my opinion. I know that's a whopping thing to say, but I believe it. Um, I'm concerned about the – I'm not concerned about the defense at all. I know you didn't bring up the defense, but I, I just think we can just, like, not talk about the de- – They've given up one touchdown in eight quarters. Um, that's really good. I don't care who you're playing. And and now you're playing Monroe and Vandy, and who knows, that, that streak could 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 go on a while. Um, offensively, it's sort of – it's less than a mess. I'll say this, though. 
there's too many mistakes. Um, I predicted Alabama would score 42 in this game. They only scored 20. So somehow, some way, there were three touchdowns Alabama should have scored that didn't happen. My question uh, that I, I have for you, Luke, for the general public, for anybody who wants to answer this, did Alabama lose three touchdowns simply because of penalties, drops, drop balls, and just horrid mistakes? I mean, did, did I, was it just the mistakes that cost Alabama three touchdowns? Because if that's the case, and it may be, that's why I'm anxious to, to hear people's opinion. If that is all that's wrong, that's correctable. That's correctable. What's not correctable is not being good enough. If Alabama is not good enough on the offensive line, if Alabama is not good enough at wide receiver, if Alabama is not good enough at running back, uh, that's that's an uncorrectable problem. That means at some point it's going to bite you. At some point you will lose uh, maybe even multiple games if you're not good enough. Uh, to me, I do think it's arguable and an interesting question. Were the penalties, the drop balls, and the offensive mistakes, when you add it all up, did it cost Alabama three touchdowns? And if so, you correct the mistakes and you just continue on with uh, your hotel reservations in Los Angeles for the championship game. Yeah. Um, boy, I, I don't know what is correctable right now. I'm still processing this. I have not been able to watch the replay yet. Um, now that the NFL is on Sundays, I didn't get home till four o'clock. I, I watched several former Alabama alums kick butt in the professional football league. So, um, I didn't haven't watched the replay. I've, I've watched some highlights. Uh, I'll tell you something we didn't bring up yesterday. God bless that Texas return man for bringing that ball out of the end zone uh, with yeah. 10 seconds left. God yeah. bless him. Um, yeah. Now, you could make the argument when when I did see that replay, when you see him coming out and the vision, the, the, the camera angle, I should say, of the Fox call, it looked like he might have had an opening for a second, but – sitting where I was sitting and I was sitting close to the end of the side of the end zone where he was coming out of, I didn't think he was going anywhere. I thought we had pretty good coverage there. Um, but what that did when he takes the ball four or five yards deep in the end zone, it cost Texas five seconds and they had a timeout if I remember right. So, right. and so you, you down it, you get to the 25, you throw a pass, hopefully uh, get to the 50 you either get out of bounds or call timeout. You either have time for a Hail Mary or you have time to do to get to the 40, you know, maybe potentially or the or the 45 and, and try just a, the longest field goal in American history and see and let the rough end drag. But the way that it went, that all they could do was throw a deep ball and they didn't really have time to do that. So again, God bless that kick returner. I definitely think the, the play would have been to down it in that instance and save the 10 seconds. But, um, hey, we'll take any breaks we could get in that game, right? So, Jimmy, I need to tell everybody now about Alumni Hall. Listen, let me tell you, Alumni Hall, 
thank you guys for coming on board. Jimmy and I have been wearing the shirts they sent us because we love them. They're fantastic. They're cool. Uh, I wore one of them out to Texas. A lot of people ask me about it. I thought, go to Alumni Hall and get it. But you can get all these cool things they've got. I'm looking right now at the Alabama Nike Coaches Dry Fit Short Sleeve Polo. Only $85. Of course, you can get it in the crimson or the white. They've got some cool retro-looking shirts. I'm a big fan of those myself. I got um, one of my favorite shirts as a retro mascot shirt from Alumni Hall. I wear it all the time. Probably might be my favorite Bama shirt. Um, they've got what's called uh, the Alabama NIL shop. It's create your own one-of-a-kind officially licensed gear. Um, you can choose your sport. You can do uh, you know, gymnastics. You can do tennis if you want to. I mean, certainly you can do football. Um, they've got one with uh, number nine and Bryce Young on the back. Uh, they, they've got all this cool stuff that's just really neat ideas. So go check out Alumni Hall. And um, when you go to Alumni Hall, it'll give you all the teams you can visit, obviously. And uh, you want to pick Alabama. But if you want to pick somebody else, go for it. I don't care. You know, maybe you uh, want to pick Penn State this weekend because they're playing Auburn. Go for it. I don't care. Uh, but whatever it is, go to Alumni Hall and check them out. You will love this stuff. I'm telling you, they are super, super people to deal with. You can also find a local Alumni Hall near you. And uh, just just the absolute best. They do what they say too. Uh, really appreciate. It. We've been on calls with them. They're just good people. So go check out alumnihall.com. Um, okay, Jimmy. So going back to the game for a second, uh, and and I want to talk about some of the comments we've gotten on the podcast from yesterday. There was a, a good suggestion. Um, I say it's a good suggestion, even though I'm going to say I wouldn't do this. Uh, Jor. Who just J-O-R, uh, commented when we were discussing, hey, maybe Alabama should have some kind of wildcat package for these fourth and inches situations, fourth and one, whatever. He said, what about Milro and the wildcat? Okay, um, I see the point. Make It makes sense in theory. Where it doesn't make sense to me is there is no doubt Milro will be coming off the bench cold as a cucumber, uh, maybe not in that game because everybody was hot. But uh, coming off the bench, not loose, not having taken a snap in the game moment. Whereas the reason I go with a Wildcat, somebody like a Gibb, somebody like a McClellan, they get it, and they've been in the game already. You already have the butterflies are gone, all that good stuff. That That's my take on that. I, I get it. I, the Milrow idea passed through my mind, but I, I feel like that's uh, – and, and it does also offer the uh, dual threat situation if you want to say he could pass it but again you're bringing a quarterback cold off the bench to do that I, I'm not a huge fan of that I would prefer it be a running back uh, I sort of like it because of one thing and that's what, the, what we've talked about before is the makeup of Alabama's current running back group there's not a back as big as Milrow uh, he might be more suited to uh, run the ball between the tackles on, on a typical Wildcat type play. I'm not sure you call it a Wildcat, by the way. If it's just a quarterback, you're just, just a, a backup quarterback. <laughs> but, you know, I, regardless, I sort of like it better just because he's bigger. Um, you know, I, I, I think in the end, though, what Alabama needs to do is, and I brought it up with my crazy question about did Alabama leave three touchdowns on the field due to correctable mistakes on offense? And that's that Alabama has to execute the play that's called better. Uh, one thing I've noticed, there's a lot of venting and ranting out there. It's understandable. Alabama didn't play well. They 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 earned a lot of these rants and vents. But 
I will say this, that if your complaint, I mean, if your complaint is play calling, you can't also complain about the blocking up front because why is the blocking up front going to get better uh, because you called a different play? If you, if you say, gosh, the run blocking is terrible. We need to run the ball more. What's that? Or the pass protection is terrible. We need to throw it more. I mean, the, what needs to improve is the execution of the play that's called. There's too many mistakes, too many penalties, too many drop balls. Uh, the real problem is when you have issues that aren't correctable, like you just simply aren't good enough. And I think the question for Alabama in these next two games, because they are good enough to beat Monroe and Vanderbilt, we know that's coming. But the question is, can the offense play mistake-free football in those games? Let's correct these errors, because when you play at Arkansas three weeks from now, there does not need to be any errors. Uh, Arkansas will create enough problems on their own. They won't need any help. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And the thought crossed my mind today, I mean, assuming Arkansas wins uh, until they get to us and that we don't trip up against Vanderbilt, won't game day be at Arkansas? I mean, won't that happen? Uh, I think there's a good chance of that. Uh, I, I would think there's a pretty good chance of that. Um, Arkansas should be in the top ten. And uh, Alabama will still be in the top 10. Pretty good matchup, pretty good game. And I think, based on what I've seen so far, this is the toughest game on Alabama's schedule. Uh, I mean, and Tennessee's good, no doubt. At Tennessee's going to be tough. At Ole Miss won't be a gimme. Uh, you know, LSU doesn't look, look to me as be as good as the others. But I, I, I think at Arkansas is absolutely the toughest game on the schedule, more so than Tennessee uh, for me. I, I want to go through um, what was called a stat pack on on uh, Bama Online. Good write-up by Charlie Potter, who is a friend of the program. A um, couple of things he that, that stood out. You know, Bryce Young threw for 213 yards. You know, it used to be Bryce Young was throwing for 213 yards in a quarter. And now that's his season high after two games. He was 27 of 39. Um, he's only got 408 yards and six touchdowns passing through two games. Of course – if Jay Barker had done that through two games, we would have already built a statue for him. So, I mean, it's all about perspective <laughs> and relativity. Um, but here's something that's interesting. Charlie Potter, Potter pointed this out. Alabama's overall passing game has been lacking in explosive plays through the first two weeks. The Crimson Tide is ranked 12th in the SEC in passing plays of 20-plus yards and hasn't had a non-running play go for 30 yards or more in either of its first two outings. That was Crazy, crazy stat. Now, it speaks to a few things. Maybe we don't have enough time for Bryce to drop back and, and hit a deep guy, especially when you consider last year, we hit a deep pass once or twice a game, um, sometimes more than that. Or maybe we just don't have the speed. Maybe we do, maybe we need JoJo Earl and Tyler Harrell back that fast. Saban says they should be back around October 1st. As the first I've heard that it may take that long for Tyler to come back. But – Saban said it, so maybe they're both back for Arkansas, uh, and that would be a huge help to take the top off the defense a little bit. Maybe, maybe we don't have anybody else that can do it right now. We, we need Anderson, perhaps, or maybe we just give Kendrick Law a shot at it. I know he's speedy. Isaiah Bond, super fast. But, I mean, we need somebody that can do that to uh, 
spread this D out a little more, right? Well, yes, but I mean, to me, even that issue starts with the run game. If you make the defense concerned that we're going to repeatedly gash you in the run game, you'd be surprised how much easier it is to complete balls, especially vertically. Uh, it, it, it all starts with, to me, it's all of it. Yes, uh, I was asked last night on the um, Talking Champions message board, you know, your top three biggest concerns. Mine starts with this, the lack of a consistent run game. That is number one to me. Because if you fix that, if all of a sudden that gets better somehow, some way, that gets better, everything around it gets better. That will improve a bunch of things, not just the, the number one thing. But the number two concern, which is related, but the number two concern for me is the lack of explosive plays outside. And, and to me, those two things are related, and, and, and that's what has to get better. Uh, that, that does mean that the offensive line needs to get better, bigger push. I'm interested to see if we make some personnel changes up front. I'm not sure it's going to dramatically solve the problem because I don't think Javion Cohen at left guard or Seth McLaughlin at center is going to be a first-team All-American at the end of this season. Um, but it could be an improvement over, over what we've seen in the first couple of weeks, perhaps. So improve the run game. The pass game will follow. I, I think we do have enough speed outside. But, you know, you can be fast, and that's great but you still have to get open and catch the ball and make a play. Uh, and so, so there's more to it than just the speed. Jermaine Burton's a fast guy. I mean, I know people refer to him as he's the possession receiver. He also runs a 4-4-40. I mean, you can't really get much faster than that. Uh, Burton's fast. Uh, Holden is more of a possession guy. That's probably not going to make too many vertical big plays. I think Kobe Prentice can make a vertical play. Uh, Jojo Roll will be back shortly. There's some guys off the bench. Like you said, Isaiah Bond, we know can run. He had an opportunity Saturday, dropped the ball. Uh, again, I I would be really interested to know, uh, I'm not sure Coach Saban would answer this, uh, but after their extensive review of the film, which happened on Sunday, did Alabama leave three touchdowns on the field due to correctable mistakes? I hope the answer is yes, because if so, we have way fewer problems than people believe. Uh, that's a good point, and and – you know, again, like I said yesterday, the only issue is there's no shot at redemption until we play Arkansas. The narrative is going to be Alabama's not that good on the road, um, and mm -hmm. Bryce Young isn't good sure. until the very end on the road, and, yeah. and that's just the way it's going to be until we go to Arkansas and hopefully win that ball game. But I'm less confident about it now. I'm confident, just less confident. Uh, I want to tell everybody now about Upside, from cringing at the pump to getting eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant – Inflation is hitting us all right where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. I was in Texas, uh, was taking my rental car back, and I just pulled up the Upside app, and I found a place that was given, I think, 12 cents back per gallon. So I just uh, pull up there and get my 12 cents back per gallon. It, it'll hit my account in a couple of days. And yeah, it's only going to be, you know, a dollar, two dollars, whatever it was. But in the end, see, when you do that a bunch of times, and you drive like I do, it ends up adding up. And I mean, it's just, it's a no brainer. It's so easy. And it's silly just not to take uh, these little opportunities to make some money back at the pump, especially. Uh, but you can go to a restaurant. I do this all the time. There are restaurants near me and I will seek out those restaurants and go to them if, if I'm on the fence about where I want to eat because I know I'll get 16 to 22% back 
uh, in the next couple of days. I mean, it's just free money. You need to go check it out. Download the free Upside app. Use promo code LOCKED, promo code LOCKED, to get $5 more or cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. When you go to Upside, use promo code LOCKED. All right, Jimmy, I want to talk a little bit about just the state of the SEC as a whole. Um, been listening to some uh, some national stuff today, and, uh, boy, A&M is taking it on the chin, rightfully so. Um, man, I, what a bad loss for them, and, and really a bad loss for the league. And what's really sad, it, that October 9th weekend, CBS, like, did backflips to make sure they get the doubleheader that weekend because it's Auburn at Georgia – it's LSU at Tennessee and it's AM at Alabama. So the the conventional wisdom would be AM at Alabama is the night game, and one of those other two are the uh the 230 game. Well, now right. what do you do? I mean, LSU's already got a loss to FSU. Texas AM's got a loss to App State, and it may have two or three more losses coming into this game with Alabama. And Auburn is having mucho problems scoring the American football. And they're going to play a Georgia team that's awesome. I mean, I guess you still put A&M and Alabama on just for the drama of the Jimbo v. Saban effect. Right. But And that's talk for another day. But, man, what a bad, bad loss for A&M. And, frankly, they they only score seven points because the other uh, touchdown was a kickoff return for a touchdown by A-Chain, who haunted us last year. Yeah, A&M uh... – if they lose to Miami this weekend, I have a hard time finding six wins on their schedule. I mean, if they lose to Miami and now they're one and two and haven't even played an SEC football game, uh, they're in a bit of trouble. Uh, Auburn, uh, as I've talked about all summer, just doesn't have dudes. They they, they beat San Jose State by eight. Uh, Vanderbilt, uh, we, I mean, give them credit for their 2-0 and start and how fun that was, but for some reason, they play Wake Forest and even Northern Illinois on the road, and, and they'll probably lose that game. I don't know that Vandy's got another win in them. Missouri, who I thought could keep it close with Kansas State, got, got whacked. But, hey, there's some real good teams in this league, too. Uh, Georgia's good. Believe it or not, Alabama's good. Believe that or not, but it is true. Tennessee's <laughs> really good. Kentucky is a top-10 team. Um Mississippi State at LSU, to me, is almost the most interesting game of the weekend because I think we looked at that game one way this summer. I'm not so sure Mississippi State just isn't better than LSU. And when I say better, is Mississippi State about to stroll into Baton Rouge and win by 20 because they're 20 points better? Maybe. Uh, you know, Ole Miss is certainly dangerous, and uh, I, I think Arkansas is, like, legit good. Uh, I, to, to me, Arkansas – should be in the top 10 to stay. They might lose a couple times because it's the SEC, but I, I'm not so sure. I, Arkansas just is one of the 10 best teams, I believe. Here's the thing. Um, you know, everybody was sort of janking on Alabama's schedule coming into the season, and me too a little bit. I mean, just it felt like, it. you know, we get Vandy on the uh, crossover game. You get Texas, and, and three weeks ago we thought Texas was going to stink, be stinky boat inky. And uh, now the Texas game's tough. There's a very good chance Arkansas's undefeated when they host us October 1. There's a very good chance Tennessee is undefeated when they host us October 15. And 
that that four game stretch of at Arkansas, home against an A and M team where the crowd's going to be at a fever pitch, therefore uh, exhaust a lot of energy for the team. I'm sure mentally. Then you go to a Tennessee team that'll be just crazy madhouse, and then you welcome in a P- Mississippi State squad that is brought back what seventeen. 17 starters, they'll be ranked, and they're pretty dead gum good, and they sling the ball all over, all over the field, and we had trouble covering that this past weekend. All of a sudden, that four-game stretch is like, um, not super fired up about it. <laughs> yeah, it is tough. It's, I mean, uh, you know, and I agree that there was a way to look at Alabama's schedule and say, uh, well, pencil Alabama into the playoff. Well, that's because you're looking at it through the Alabama lens. It's the toughest, co- it's the toughest division and the toughest conference. It's a really tough schedule by definition. You can't play in the SEC West and not have a really tough schedule. It's the best division in the best conference. Of course, it's a tough schedule. It doesn't matter who you play from the East or what your non-conference games are. Uh, It's going to be hard. And, uh, yeah, I I think Arkansas is the best team Alabama will play this regular season, uh, and it's on the road. Hey, I'll be talking about for three weeks. That's now – in the last five road games, Alabama's played poorly in four of the five. Play poorly in Fayetteville, and you will lose. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. When we come back tomorrow with another one, we're going to talk a lot about the performance of some of the recruits that played this past weekend, and uh, we'll start talking about the La Monroe uh, War Cats, or uh, I can't remember what they are. Are they the War Hawks? They are, I believe, the Irish setters. This mm. yeah. doesn't exactly strike fear in the heart of competition, does it? Uh, what a nickname. They're the Warhawks. They're the Warhawks. All right, buddy. Uh, that's going to do it for today. Until next time, everybody, roll tide. Roll tide.